0: The Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Dave Petrella. First, a couple of announcements. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.news. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find some of your favorite podcasts from our community featured there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Our social media is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think I never use that one. Check us out on Rockfin. This is where you get our premium content, as well as all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com FKN plus to sign up now. Today I want to welcome Dave Petrella. He is an astrologer, biologist, spiritual guide, and Oak Island theorist. He's traveled to all 50 states and most of Canada doing research. He's studied world religion and spiritual traditions extensively, along with Eastern medicine, metaphysics, and topics related to extraterrestrial intelligence. Dave, welcome. How you doing? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be excellent. I have realized, doing this show with the wonderful guests I've had, like yourself, how astrology is not only a sky clock, but it's connected to every aspect of our reality, daily events, and so much about the true nature of our reality can be decoded through astrology and the understanding of the positions of the stars and planets and how they can actually dictate and even predict our reality, which is so fascinating to me, and there's so much more that I don't even understand about uh, astrology, and I'd love to get into with you, but this is your first time on. Tell us a little bit more about your background and what led you down your path.
1: Okay, sounds good, Chris. Well, um, I really I started off with uh, biology. That was always my topic, my subject in school, and uh, It was my first uh, focus for my major in college. And, um, you know, in in terms of biology, it's really kind of the Western approach to that, which is, uh, you know, some of the anatomical diagrams and you've got uh, things having to do with um, medicines, you know, and uh, pills and things of that nature. But there's another lost part of that story of biology, which actually goes to the East. Um, You can still hear me, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can hear. I just turned my video okay. off because uh, it helps it a little bit more. Sure. So go ahead. Okay, so uh,
1: you know, I basically, I, I basically focused on the biological tradition that's taught sort of in the north, uh, the northern hemisphere here, uh, to the west, really North America, and that's it's, essentially that's the main college route. If you, if you go to college in the United States, it's generally kind of what you're going to get. So I kind of, uh, I felt like I kind of maxed out a little bit after doing that for a really long time. I mean, I was reading, you know, medical texts in in fifth grade and teachers had no idea what I was asking about. So this was way, way, you know, I had many, many years of uh, kind of preparation, exposure to the Western uh, ideas of biology of the body. So at some point I said, all right, you know, I kind of, uh, I feel very comfortable with this. Let's go over to the East and let's see what they say about it. So I think it was in 2012, uh, I was living in Alaska at the time, and um, very it's a very peaceful, great place to have uh, inspiration and everything. It's, very, uh, it's a very healthy kind of environment. So I was able to get a lot of good uh, downloads and revelations at the time. And so something uh, suggested to me, uh, let's, let's say the universe suggested to me, look into uh, the chakras, the chakra system and you know for the listeners i'm sure most people have probably heard of it before but essentially it's the seven uh, colors that go up your spine and uh it's you can see it in the iconography if you are talking about the yoga tradition you know there's usually someone seated in a lotus position with the, the seven colors going up your spine so in the east the chakra system essentially is the core of medicine and of course if you're going up to the west you rarely if ever even hear about it and actually it's really interesting too chris because um we have it on our medical symbol all across uh, north america i can say from experience because i've seen them uh but it's really all over the world i, I want to say in the um the double serpents uh, twining up the center post or the rod and it's called the caduceus symbol it was it's a reference to actually greek mythology uh to hermes he had the caduceus staff and um, But what people don't say, and one of the things that I sort of kind of keyed in on is that if you look at how many times those serpents uh, kind of at the meeting point where they meet at the center of that rod, the central column, it's actually seven times. And what happens is you have uh, the central column, which is the spinal column in the body. The, the Hindu tradition is called the Sushimna, And then you have the column on the right in the column on the left which are actually the electric and magnetic uh, principles that wind down the spine. So you basically have electric magnetic so it's a positive and negative plus the neutral in the middle and where they all meet that actually forms a vortex of energy which is called a chakra. Some people say chakra so you know but I've been told that the proper way to say it um, is actually ch- chakra. Right. So it's a, it's a spinning vortex, a wheel of energy, and that's kind of where your energy comes into your body, uh, you know, either through the root or through the um, uh, solar plexus or through the crown. Usually one of those three principally is, is uh, dictated for that. And so it's a completely different system. So I had spent a lot of time kind of like focusing on that, and there's a lot of spirituality behind it. It's not just uh, actually looking at the, the names and medical diagrams. It's also, it talks about how it's consistent with different levels of consciousness. It's so one of the very first things I found. I feel very fortunate that I, I sort of stumbled upon it uh, one time when I was in a library up uh, near Anchorage, Alaska. And so basically what it was suggesting is that depending on where your uh, primary energy is focused along your spine, you actually have a corresponding state of consciousness that you experience at the time when that energy is actually physically situated in that different chakra. So it can be anywhere along the spine from the root, which essentially is the uh, base of the spinal column to the top of the head, which is the crown crown chakra. And of course, there's seven of them traditionally. Mm -hmm. So the thing that's uh, interesting about this is that it's kind of the other missing half of the uh, medicine, the system of medicine and and biology. And of course, I never had exposure to it living growing up um, in the actually Northeast of the United States. And I really wish I I had it at a much earlier age because I probably would have sort of uh, resteered in terms of how I was approaching uh, studying science and studying medicine and things of that nature. So I started off with biology, and then I like I was uh, just describing I went into the eastern aspects of biology, which uh, mostly is is focused in India. There's a little bit a um, little bit from kind of Egypt, and there's definitely some really good information from China as well, but. For me, the real powerhouse of medicine and uh, the true biological teachings comes out of India without any question at all. It's It's very, very obvious if you uh, spend a lot of time. And I've read, um, you know, I've read the primary Ayurvedic texts, which is kind of as close as we can get as far as I know to uh, the original medicine system, which is the oldest intact medicine system in the world, you know, thousands and thousands of years old. And I'm sure before it was written down, I'm sure it was an oral tradition well before that too. And those texts exist, Chris. So, you know, you can actually go online and you can read a a PDF. I think it's actually free in a lot of places. Someone is interested in reading that. It's called, uh, the primary one is called the Sushruta Samhita. And uh, it's uh, at least the introduction. It's absolutely, absolutely vital for medicine and for biology. And it should be required everywhere. Absolutely. You'll have
0: to come back on and we'll have to do a show on natural medicine.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got the, bio, the biology aspect, and then uh, what happened was, um, you know, I've always studied spirituality, so I've read uh, most, most of the ancient texts across the world. I really don't discriminate. I spend time with every culture, anyone who's willing to share, you know, any article I find. Uh, I, I cross-check, I cross-reference as much as I can to make sure that I have a good handle on it before I start talking about the topic. Yeah. And so uh, that's always been there, too. It's uh, been the biology aspect and it's been the uh, spirituality aspect. And then the third aspect that came in was actually astrology. And this is very interesting because I actually did not ask for this um, in terms of I didn't pursue this myself. This was something that I feel that was given to me. Um, And for me, it feels like uh, it's, it's sort of a responsibility. I want to make sure that People are seeing it done correctly. Uh, I know it has a lot of uh, possibly stigma attached to it for a lot of people. A lot of people think about, okay, yeah, astrology. It's you know you don't believe in that, do you? And you know they think of the horoscopes from the newspaper. They they call it woo woo, right? They think of Miss Cleo or they think of tarot cards. They think of all these things, and it's actually not any of those at all. Um, when it was taught in the ancient world, first of all, there was uh, the Western center, which would have been in Egypt, uh, Mesopotamia region. I think they kind of um, kind of melded. There was a lot of ideas being shared. It's not that far geographically from each other. And then the eastern uh, approach to that called the uh, Vedic astrology, which is out of India, of course. And the Chinese have their own astrology, which is actually based on the, uh, the moon instead of the sun. And so it's uh, it's a kind of a different system, but it's also it, it is valid as well. But it's, it's actually just looking at it differently. All the all the ways of looking at astrology. There's um, there's many right ways to do it, but there's also many wrong ways to do it. So the way that I do it, I try to make it as simple as possible for people. I like to um, make sure I'm addressing their concerns and questions. It's about, you know, it's about essentially spiritual advancement for the person and trying to get. Um, people to where they want to be, you know, spiritually and in their life. And Mm -hmm. it's a great asset, great tool to to be able to use for that. But as you mentioned uh, previously, it's actually a lot more than that too. And uh, I call it the science of the solar system. Mm -hmm. So basically if that was not in place, uh, we wouldn't have anything else in place. That's what keeps the time. That's what keeps all the clocks, as you'd mentioned, the clocks, the cycles of time, the cycle of the year, the cycle of the day, that's how you know when to plant and when to harvest and all of these And actually when you're talking about that, I mean that's actually survival. That's in terms of survival. You need to know that. Right. Even if you don't want, even if you don't want to draw across and say, oh yeah, astrology also has spiritual um, connections in, in addition to talking about, yeah, the sun has this diameter and this, you know, that's the astronomy part of it. It used to be one uh, science, one one field, and they have kind of split, unfortunately. I don't I don't split them, you know, I talk mm-hmm. about them together. So the thing that I did is I was looking for information about Eastern uh, medicine. It was actually about the spinal cord fluid, which is supposed to be a uh, sort of the medium that your spirit uses to travel through the body. It has to, uh, you know, the spirit world, when it comes in the physical body, the spirit world is spirit energy. It has to actually move through denser mediums, which would be first would be fluids. And there's so many fluid systems in the body. And that's actually what Ayurveda is all about. It's about the fluids. Um, and then it has to move through the solid tissues and things like that, too. So you can't just take the energy, spiritual energy, and just immediately apply it. It has to move through your your channels. And you have, um, you know, being a physical being in terms of what we're at right now, it's not very easy for that to happen. You have to uh, really clean out your tissues and, you know, get into a lot of fasting and flush out the toxins and then rebuild up your uh, your organs and everything. And that's uh, actually what Ayurveda uh, focuses on. That's kind of the whole point of Ayurvedic medicine. Hmm. So I was looking for information about biology, specifically Eastern uh, traditions of biology, and I found someone named Santos Bonacci. You're probably familiar with him. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I've of had Santos are. on
0: before. Yeah.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Well, so me and Santos, you know, we've been friends since 2015. Um, I reached out to him. Uh, actually about, I wanted to make some connections, try to make connections with biology and uh, things that maybe he hadn't spent uh, or he hadn't come across yet. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so, because I started out and that's the thing that I started out with biology. So my bedrock is in biology. It was not in astrology. That was what I picked up later on. Um, But the other thing that I've done is that I'm not, um, I'm not afraid to go, you know, head on, going, uh, you know, all out basically looking at the spiritual connections, the spiritual aspects of how biology kind of meets the spirit world. And a lot of biologists are not willing to do that, you know, or if they're say they're like a career biologist or they're tenured or something and they have a lot to lose. You know, for me, it's like I like I like to get it in a discussion and then I like to see it applied in real time. And i like to see it where you can count on uh, the result being almost the exact same every time, which, of course, is a scientific method which is actually where I'm going with this, because when I had finished uh, listening to uh, Santos's video about the uh, body, it's actually called um, Your Temple, Excuse Me, Your Body is the Holy Land. It's, a, I think, two parts. It's an absolute must-watch for people if they haven't seen this one. And the other one uh, he did about biology that's really excellent is called uh, Secret of Secrets Hiding in the Bible. Again, that's a part one and part two. So I watched these, and this was actually information that I – it was the most important thing I've ever seen still to this day, and nothing has ever, ever matched up to that. I'm so thankful to Santos for sharing that. It's very obscure information. It's hard to put together, and it's been um, kind of scattered throughout the world. So it's, it's part of my mission is to put it all back together, try to make things uh, easier to understand for people. So on the side of, the, of YouTube, of course, it has the suggested videos for you. And I saw he had a lot of videos about astrology, and I said, you know what? That's a topic I have not spent a lot of time with. In fact, that's, I, at the time, I had spent almost no time with that. And that was in uh, 2015, the beginning of 2015. And so because he did such a good job with the video that I actually had searched for, I, I decided to give him a chance. And I said, well, I mean, he did such a good job explaining this. I'm sure that he probably out of anyone will be able to explain astrology to me. And if, he, if it's anything uh, similar to the previous video, then I'm, to- I'm definitely going to watch this. Right. so I started watching some of his astrology videos and you know it's a it's a real lot in the beginning Chris I mean it's uh, you really need to spend many years with it before you start, you're going to start to feel really comfortable right. and uh, it took me probably two years before I even really talked about it with people and after two years even after two years and you know I'm, I'm very scientific in how I do things I was still probably like I was probably getting 70, 70% accuracy and I said no I can do better than that and then another probably three years down the line, maybe after five years, I was finally at a point where I said, okay, you know, I feel very comfortable doing this now. And, uh, it's, to, it's second nature to me. Now it's a, it's a very, really, really helpful tool, but I actually don't spend every day all day thinking about it. You know, it's just another uh, piece of, of kind of, of the puzzle put into place here, but it, it, it does happen to be one of the most important pieces of, of the puzzle. I would say kind of how I break things up is, um, it's spirituality. That's one topic. The second topic is biology and medicine. And then the third topic is, is astrology. And you really need those three points to anchor the, uh, the house of knowledge, you know, because that's what's going to that explains uh, for me kind of the bedrock of what's happening on earth. I, yeah, I, I can't do without one of the three. So you, I, you really need all three in place.
0: Well, let's, okay. let's uh, actually break down each of those categories, uh, starting okay. do you think we should start with spirituality or something different.
1: Yeah, sure. I can do spirituality. All right. So the spiritual aspect of this is um, kind of the proper way to live, the proper way to be as a human, the proper way to uh, realize your higher self, the higher version of you, your divine self, uh, is that how I refer to it often. And uh, this idea is, um, you know, it's founded throughout all cultures of the world. People, the way I think about a lot of religions, it's, it's a way to frame, uh, it's a good frame of reference for people to be able to understand um, maybe some topics that are kind of, they, they, they're not really easily pinned down with words, which, of course, spirituality is something that I think is kind of, uh, is, it's kind of ineffable. You can't really say what it is necessarily, but you kind of feel it you feel it more, I feel like, than then the words don't really do it justice. So proper ways of living um, in terms of spirituality, uh, the spiritual aspect. And then there's also, um, I, well, it kind of goes with astrology, but it's also part of the, the spiritual aspect. There's the cosmology that's very important to understand from the ancient world. Um, and if we have time, we can talk about that a little bit. But that has to do with the cosmic, cosmic axis. It's also called the world tree uh, it's called Yggdrasil in the Norse uh, tradition. There's many, many names for it. Uh, Mount Meru in the Hindu tradition. It's all essentially the same idea. It's that um, the, the worlds, uh, I usually call them dimensions. You can call them realms if you want. The, uh, the dimensions of the solar system, they're actually stacked on top of each other. They're kind of nested inside of each other like a Russian doll almost and um the the ancient world taught that the earth was uh, a flat disc at the center of this axis and then above it are the 10 heavens and below it are the 10 hells hmm. and so in terms of spirituality understanding i think where we are located in our spiritual path is sort of uh, essential to understanding what's available to us and uh the earth you know it's essentially it's right in the middle according to the ancient teachings which i sometimes refer to the earth as a uh, kind of like a purgatory. And if you really think about it, uh, I actually do believe you see about 50% great things and 50% not so great things. Uh, people, people say all the time, Dave, why are you focusing on the not so great things? And I say, no, you no, know I already, I acknowledge the great things. I already see that, but we have to, if we want to try to solve some of the issues, we have to acknowledge the things that maybe we don't want to talk about as much. So, um, in terms of the realm that we're living in, that would be the middle dimension. Uh, the Norse called the earth Midgard, which is the middle garden, and uh, because they knew it was in the middle. And also, uh, the word earth has the same exact letters as the word heart, because the heart is in the middle, the middle of the body. And it's even the middle chakra. We're talking about the chakra system. So um, understanding that we can move along this cosmic axis, we have access to, uh, I usually teach that there's 21 dimensions within the Earth uh, system or within the solar system. And then there's countless dimensions outside of our solar system. But in terms of what's available locally to us, um, there's the place that you're existing physically, which right now for us, it would be Earth. But you can also channel any of the other dimensions while you're uh, bodily located on on the earth dimension, which would be in the middle, or say you're up in like the fifth heaven, uh, which would be Mars, the planet, uh, uh, the sphere of Mars. Mm-hmm. Then um, you're living in a much more refined world. It's, uh, I would say a lot more beautiful and, and there's a lot less suffering. Things are more ordered. Uh, every, everything looks uh, is kind of been more perfected and it's more perfected state. So if you're living up there in your body, then you would look different. You'd be less dense. You would be um, everything would be a lot more detailed and refined and beautiful. And then from there, you can, uh, if you want to channel the Earth dimension, uh, fine. But you know, you have the privilege of living in a in a higher state, sort of. So in terms of the spiritual component, in terms of where we're located along the spiritual axis or the cosmic axis, that's a, a vital component of this. The other part is really living from your heart. Um, I do believe in cosmic principles, I believe in cosmic laws, and um, those are, to me, those will never change to me, and it's the things, you know, I'll just use a Christian reference because I think it's one of the easiest to understand, they're they're the attributes of uh, kindness, you know, gentleness, generosity, uh, truthfulness, honesty, all these wonderful things, and um, those are sort of like the top uh, spiritual principles. So if people are looking uh, to move up, I would encourage uh, the focus to be on those principles. I've, actually, if you, if you focus on those principles, um, I really think you can't go wrong because everyone responds, most people will, will actually be responding well to that. And uh, you'll see that things kind of open up in your life as well. If you wanna do, um, if for people who wanna be part of a religion or they feel that that's a calling, that can also help to uh, kind of refine it into focus uh, how to do that, maybe to provide a uh, divine figure or religious figure as a, an example of how they should be. There's all kinds of ways to do it, Chris, and I, I actually support uh, many different approaches. It's not, it's not like a one, not like one way to do spirituality. I think there are wrong ways to do it, but I think there's a lot of right ways.
0: Right. Well, I think in order for people to better understand this aspect of it, we're going to have to get into the cosmology a little bit, and what we're actually on, and uh, your understanding of what space is, and the planets, and everything like that, so we can bring this kind of together.
1: Okay. So we'll go into uh, let's go into the biology next. We'll leave the astrology for last. All right. Okay. So the biology aspect, it's actually the exact same thing I just described. In terms of the cosmic axis, Um, the thing is, is that everything is coordinated. It's actually all one system. Um, You know, this is something I also learned uh, initially from Santos Panachi as well, of course, about the idea of syncretism—that all the concepts are connected and they're integrated perfectly. Uh, All we have to do is to actually find the patterns and identify, you know, how it's fitting in. So, the biology aspect, um, your cosmic axis in your body is called the spine or it's called the spinal cord, spinal column. It's all essentially the same. And uh, it anchors your body. You know, it's essentially a tower. It's actually described as a tower in lots of the uh, mythologies as well. And um, each of your chakras is actually equivalent to one of the planets. And not only that, but you have um, all kinds of other interesting things happening. I'll talk a little bit about it more when we get into the astrology part. But your body, um, depending on where your energy is focused, which chakra your energy is focused in, then you're going to be able to tune into that specific dimension, local dimension within our solar system, and um, communicate, receive information, send information, all of these things. That actually happens internally. Uh, A lot of people, I think, are looking for the answers on the outside, and it's it's really never been the primary teaching. The, The teaching is that the answers are within. And um, that's metaphorically and also literally and physically and all of these things, it's all kind of one unit. So uh, the ha- uh, there's, there's direct correlations between, uh, it, you know, the best way to do it is actually if I, if I had a visual that would be good too, but basically, you want to look at them as like kind of like in a column structure. So if you put, um, let's just use the moon, <laughs> we'll use the moon as an example. So the moon is in the first sphere. Or it's called the first heaven. Uh, it's equivalent to the first chakra. The color is red. The day of the week is Monday. Um, what am I missing here? I thought there was one more. Well, then there's all the myth- mythological figures that are associated with uh, the moon as well. It's uh, you know the female, kind of the divine feminine aspect. And uh, I already mentioned the first chakra. So they're all equivalent. So if you understand where the moon is positioned in the cosmic axis of the solar system, it's actually in the same location in your body. It's the first step up from the earth, which the earth would be the essentially the very base of the spine. Um, and these give you access to different dimensions and to different information. And it will also, if you really know what you're doing with the, bio, the uh, biological aspect, it will also allow you to travel between dimensions. This is this is about dimensional travel. It is, it's about wormholes. It's about opening up. Uh, you know, uh, conduits and all these kinds of things as well. And uh, in terms of the Ayurvedic aspect that will, when you refine your fluids inside your body and things can actually move properly, you'd be amazed at how your, your actual awareness, it will shift. Um, it will shift by itself. You don't have to rationalize or justify. It's actually a natural expression of uh, when your body's in equilibrium, it will allow you much higher access to information mm-hmm. and to upper dimensions.
0: Now, would you say that uh, it's, it's instead of space travel being the reality, it's more of inner space travel where we're going inside of ourselves to actually get out into uh, the, whatever these dimensions are, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it is a very personal journey. And actually, when I do a, a birth chart with astrology, it, at the top of the chart it actually says these are the planets and the stars of this person of a specific person. And so I've thought about that for a long, long time. And one of the things I've come up with, and you know, there's a lot of um, support in terms of the evidence I see backing this up in my daily life and uh, the people I talk to and, and kind of the articles I read and everything, is that you're actually born into your own personal dimension. Uh, it's been catered for you and it's essentially stamped in your body at the moment you're born. This is actually a really good segue into astrology to start talking about that. Um, and it's the conditions in the sky at the moment you were born that get stamped into your physical structure of your body and into your mental structure, which is part physical and part you know non-physical. So um, that's kind of like your signature. That's your spiritual signature, sort of, if you will. Um, that you're uh, allowed to work within certain confines in terms of what you're experiencing with this particular lifetime. That you're in at any moment. And um, so I actually believe that there's both an inside dimension, a personal dimension, plus a background or a backdrop dimension that we all share. So for instance, if you know, you're born one day and your friend is born the very next day of the same year, uh, you share essentially the same kind of backdrop. A good example of that, uh, you know the term uh, zeitgeist, Chris, right? Yes. Okay. So the zeitgeist of the time, it's kind of like the essential quality uh, of that period. One of the best ways to think about it is kind of like the decades, you talk about the 1960s and up through the nineties and two thousands, they were all very, very distinctive. It's actually pretty strange how that uh, they formulate like that. It's like, who, how did that even happen? Why can't, why can't we live in the 1960s for like 200 years? That might've been nice to enjoy that for more than like 10 years or 15 years, but no, it was like a 10 year period. And then it starts shifting. Um, and I think actually that's a lot of that is actually because of what we're up against right now, which is a, a very big transition in terms of uh, spirituality and the energy coming into the planet and uh, dimensional uh, shifting and, and schisms and all kinds of things of this nature. So it's been preparation for, for kind of what we're in right now. And it's, it, there's a lot more to come too for sure. So um the thing is is that you have a personal inside dimension which you're you're essentially the one who's controlling that and that will express itself outwardly as well but there's also the outward shared dimension which is what you're born into uh, according to essentially the zeitgeist you know the time you're born in also the country you're born in the family you're born in these are the kind of backdrops that we have to to play with and work with and um then there's also uh for every every dimension, there's also different timelines that will fracture off as well. So just when you think you know you kind of start to make sense to you, you really have to have all three in the in play before you're gonna really get a good understanding of how uh you know how quantum physics works, essentially, is what really what I'm trying to get at. It's very, very, very strange. It's actually stranger than reality, stranger than fiction. Um, yeah. so it's really all it's all three, Chris. But if you focus on the inside, the personal dimension and your inner world. That's actually, that's really the whole point. You want your primary focus to be there, but you don't want to neglect, obviously, the people around you. You don't want to neglect your community and your career and your family and all these things and your friends. Uh, So it's a balance, balance, but it is a personal journey and we're all trying to do different things. And, you know, we have to try to respect that we all have different uh, objectives and missions.
0: Now, the best way that I can currently describe my idea of what we're living in is a multi-layered holographic reality uh, in which, kind of like you you were describing, they have the the higher realms and the lower realms. Uh, Let's get into uh, your understanding of our cosmology and how it leads to the astrology.
1: Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, what I would first start off with is that the Earth system, you know, I say Earth system, I'm talking about really our solar system, is a designed system. It is an intelligently designed system. Uh, it's not random at all. And even if you're looking at astronomy, you can see that the distances, they all fit into each other in terms of how many miles are supposed to be away and the diameters of, like the, the sun, this, how about this, you know, the diameter of the sun and the diameter of the moon are essentially identical uh, as viewed from Earth, but they're completely supposedly different distances from the Earth. So for that to happen, it has to be completely like an exact mathematical ratio. Um, And it just so happens, it could have been any other way, but it's not. It's actually, they are essentially the same size as viewed from Earth. So that's amazing in itself. And some of those things you just see how it's designed. There's there's no end actually. even the, the distance of the moon is supposed to be what, 240,000 miles, which is multiple of 12, you know, everything's 12 with astrology. and uh, Even with the, in terms of the mythology and the spiritual traditions, there's the, the 12 disciples. Um, and then Jesus would be the 13th at the center that completes the 12. So the 12, 12 is everywhere. There's actually 12 cranial nerves in your brain. And um, that kind of anchors your mental structure and, into to astrology, uh, that's equivalent to what's called the eighth sphere or the uh, sphere of Uranus, which would be the, the eighth heaven, essentially. And it's actually the eighth hell, too, but I, I prefer to focus on the, the heavens, the more positive realms. So it's a design system. It's designed according to specific rules for a specific purpose, is what I would say. And that purpose is for spiritual advancement or for um, spiritual de-evolution. I'll I'll put it that way. And ultimately, we're the ones that decide which way we go. And being on the earth, we can look up and we can see the 10 heavens. And maybe we'd like to pursue that. And if not, then we're looking down and we're looking at the 10 hells and we're focusing on one of those. Hmm. So um, it's organized so that the spirit world has order to it. You can't have one of the best ways to explain this. If you think about some of the upper dimensions, you can't have like a heavenly dimension
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Because then, then it actually negates the, the entire definition of that dimension. It's actually not that dimension anymore. It's not the heaven that you want it to be anymore because you're constantly having to battle against some of the lower energies. So for the solar system to be kind of self-organized or self-organizing, um, so that it, they are uh, efficient systems and that they encourage you know spiritual development or learning of lessons and things like that you have to organize the spirit world so that you have certain types of spirits in their proper dimensions and like i had mentioned before the uh the earth being in the middle dimension is essentially it's a 50 50 you see about half good and half not so good uh, but that's specific to Earth. If you go up, it's, the ratio is gonna be higher to the good and, and uh, less to the not so good. So that cosmology um, is anchored in what people generally uh, define as, as astronomy, although it's a little different because in the, the ancient model, the Earth is at the center, not the sun. Um, but having said that, when you talk about the principles of spirituality, the heart, is also always at the center, which you can see it's at the center of your body. And um, the, in terms of the, the, uh, the solar model and the earth, excuse me, the sun being at the center, the sun is equivalent to the heart in the human body or the heart chakra. And it, it rules um, the sign of Leo in astrology, which is also the heart. You get the phrase lion heart from that. Mm. So I'm actually okay with either one. And some people have told me it depends on your perspective. You know, it can depend on your dimension or your timeline. I don't worry too much about it because the principles is is really what matters most. And there's lots of ways to um, sort of organize that spiritual uh, discipline. There's lots of right ways. Again, there's lots of wrong ways, but there's a lot of good ways to do it. So I try to support people if they do it differently from me, if I think it's valid. So, you've got the planets ordered, you know, most of us are familiar with the general order, how they're they're, They move into the outer solar system and everything. You've got Uranus out there, Neptune, uh, Pluto, which is supposed to have been, uh, you know, um, demoted, I suppose. That's a whole different topic. It's an interesting one, but the, uh, the idea is, is that they're not just planets. They're not just bodies in the heavens that are just sitting out there, you know, to look at and because it's interesting and fun or whatever. They're actually also spiritual principles, and they um, represent very specific, uh, let's say, uh, decisions and uh, moral quandaries, sort of. They're all dualistic, and so you actually, they all contain both, both sides. And actually, all of astrology is dualistic. It's one of the most important things to understand about it. So when you're talking, I'll use like Saturn as an example. Saturn would be, according to the ancient model, in the seventh sphere, the seventh heaven, but also in the seventh hell. And on the positive side, Saturn is the disciplinarian. It's, he's the one that stays focused. He's the one that stays um, on topic, uh, finishes the project, even though if it takes a long time, um, not uh, excessively expressive at all. And so that's, it helps to keep things really focused in terms of uh, staying on, on topic and getting things done. And then on the other side, Saturn is a, a very cold planet. And if you know, uh, for instance, if anyone knows an Aquarius or a Capricorn, they can tend to be uh, fairly cold people. You know, they don't doesn't mean that they're mean or or evil or anything. It's just there's a certain lack of expression because that's the uh, planet governing them. Mm. But they still feel everything, but they don't feel they need to express everything. They also don't feel like they need to comment on everything. So there'll be a lot of uh, of quiet time as well. But that's kind of how that it, it matches up. It matches with. The person, uh, with, basically when you were born, it also matches up with the cycles of time, which is generally called the precession of the equinoxes. Those are the ages that we move through. It's a very, very important topic to understand that. And so uh, in terms of, the, again, in terms of the body, it, it goes directly into the body. Um, you also have, I hadn't mentioned this yet, you also have astrology in your body. This is one of the more amazing things because this is what allowed me to connect, directly to connect biology with astrology and one of the best ways to start with this well actually i'll just say this really quickly so uh if you start in aries you generally want to start in aries with the zodiac that's uh the rebirth of course is the spring when everything starts to grow uh in the body aries is the top of the head uh forehead eyebrows and the cerebrum uh which you see the name ram at the end of cerebrum which is a reference to aries the ram all uh, all the, the, the information is already in the, the words. You know, we just have to pay attention. And then you have uh, Taurus, which is the cerebellum or the bullum for the Taurus, the bull. Um, and then you've got, uh, it's also the neck. Taurus is the neck. If you look at a, a, a cow or an ox, they have very strong necks. You can see uh, it's all been designed. The entire system has been designed with very specific principles. And it's really, it's off of astrology. That's that's the reference point. This should be the first reference point. Uh you got Gemini, the arms, and the two lungs. And then you've got uh, cancer, which is sort of the uh the clavicle and the very, very upper shoulders. And then you've got uh Leo, which is of course the heart and also the mid back, and then you've got Virgo, which is the stomach and the lower back, and then uh you have Libra, which is actually the hips. And if you look at the uh, hip bones, you see they look, they look like scales. You know, imagine that. Imagine that because that's where Libra is located in the body. Um, then you've got a Scorpio that's a generative region in the backside. Uh, Sagittarius is upper legs. If you look at a, a horse, you know, Sagittarius being the horse, but really it's a water horse, but let's just say horse for right now. Um, the very, very powerful legs. That's the, their most powerful part of the body, back legs. And uh, that's why, you know, it's all, they're all equivalent. You just have to kind of follow it across the column there. And then you've got Capricorn, which is uh, the knee cap, kneecaps. That's where cap comes from. And um, you see that the, the goats, they love to climb and they have very strong knees. You can see it's the prominent part of their body. So it's, it's all in there. And then the last three would be Aquarius, which is the shins and the calf muscles. Uh, if, you know an, if anyone knows an Aquarius, have a look at their uh, calf muscles and have a look at their shins. They're going to be quite large, quite <laughs> prominent, because that's their sign. And that's where the energy is focused in, the, in their body. Um, and then, the, uh, yeah, the last one, of course, is Pisces, which is the two feet. And uh, that's why there's two fish when you see the glyph of Pisces. And if you look at the feet, they actually do look like fins or flippers. They look like an aquatic, you know, came from the ocean and was stuck on the human body. So we're talking about a completely integrated system where uh, all of the creatures on the planet, including humans, uh, everything has been integrated. And it's all one for one. You can make direct connections. It will, it will never let you down. All the information's there. We just have to put it together.
0: Now, I want to start talking about what we're seeing now. Earlier, you were mentioning that we are looking at a major shift ahead. What can you tell us that's dictating this based on the astrology?
1: Yeah, definitely, Chris. Well, you know, it depends on, of course, which culture it's coming from, uh, which spiritual tradition it's coming from, which religion it's coming from. Uh, I personally believe it's essentially the same thing. But kind of to start that off, uh, the one that most people are aware of is the transition between Pisces and Aquarius. When I say the Pisces and Aquarius, I mean the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. Each age is 2,160 years long. And the beginning of the age of Pisces was uh, essentially featured Jesus as the ascended master. And that's also why he's associated with the fish, because, of course, Pisces is the fish. Um, and the other thing about that is that you have uh, the Well, it's really the same ruler, it's the same planet, but Jupiter and Zeus, in terms of astrology, uh, if you put those two words together, you get G-Zeus, Jupiter, Zeus, G-Zeus, Jesus. So those are two indications. There's many, many, many more in terms of, you know, where we were when um, he came to the earth, if, uh, if people actually believe he literally came to the earth. Some people believe it's a metaphor. Some people believe he's a real person. Um, I've heard probably just about all of the, the takes on it. And um, I actually kind of believe many at the same time. It's hard to do that, but I finally kind of uh, came to that conclusion for myself. Mm-hmm. So in, in any case, um, he said, and I actually was just talking with people about this the past week. It's been coming up a lot. But in the scriptures, Jesus said, I will be with you through the end of the age or until the end of the age. And if you can put that in context, then to me, that means the end of Pisces, which is right about now. Um, Some people have said uh, a lot of people think 2012 was a transition. Um, I've recently kind of settled on 2008 uh, through 2020, somewhere in that period. It's like Mm -hmm. about a 12-year period. But um, the thing with ages is that in in terms of astrology, when you're talking about two different signs uh, that are next to each other, that border each other they're called uh, cusp signs, or they're on the cusp, which means they're on the the axis, basically, or in between them. And when you're talking about ages, you're using the same zodiac, except the periods, instead of being uh, roughly 30 degrees or 30 days per sign, it's actually 2,160 years per sign. So because of that, when you get close to a cusp, you actually have a large, uh, it's called an orb, a large orb of influence um, in terms of how long it takes to transition between the two ages. So I would even say, Chris, honestly, like a couple hundred years would probably be uh, a good estimate. Um, It might even take us back, might even be more than that. might be like 400 years for the transition. But Mm. I think back to like the industrial revolution, um, for me, that that might be kind of the start of the transition because uh, Aquarius is the age of the machine and it's the age of progress and futurism um and it's you know mechanization and all this stuff and that was kind of came out of nowhere and suddenly we were using you know metals more and we were trying to make things move that contain metals uh, probably for some of the first times in history
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i think that's probably a good rough estimate and if we use that then um what was that 1790s i think is that does that sound right chris somewhere in there that's yeah, the revolution right. and then of a- of course, we had all the trains and everything through the 1800s. That is not Pisces stuff. That is Aquarius stuff. That is a, a, a hardcore machine, you know, that is, that's associated with Aquarius without any question. So if we use that time frame, I would say um, essentially by the end of, um, what are we in 2022? I would say by the end of 2200, basically, the year 2200, we should be we should be done with the transition. So that's very soon. I mean, it's like 100, under 200 years, let's say that.
0: Now, as far as the, the transition, where it will take us, do you think that we're going into, uh, some believe we're going into like what you would call a golden age or uh, an age of enlightenment? What do you think about that?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's actually, I was just thinking about this uh, literally probably five minutes before we started talking because every um, age actually has uh, the... Positive aspects and the not so positive aspects, just like every sign has the positive aspects and the not so positive aspects, because they're uh, directly correlated in terms of ages and signs. Mm-hmm. It's the same uh, character, you know. If you if you're trying to understand someone who's an Aquarius, and you're trying to understand the age of Aquarius, you're talking about the same thing. It's just applied to a person versus of being applied to a time period. Um, mm-hmm. But Aquarius is it's very really, it's really interesting, Chris, because actually technically. The Golden Age would be the age of Leo, which was roughly 12,000 years ago and um, that's characterized by generally people talk about the Sphinx in Egypt facing uh, east facing Leo on the horizon 12,000 years ago. that's how that's been characterized I, I tend to believe that it makes sense to me mm-hmm. and so um, that was technically the Golden Age. however, uh, in Aquarius is actually opposite to Leo which makes it in some ways, the antithesis of the Golden Age. However, this is really, really important, and I, I actually took took me a couple of years to to finally um, feel like I had this uh, somewhat close to being correct. In terms of um, having Aquarius be the Golden Age, Aquarius is the age of progress. It's the age of uh, futurism and uh, progression and being progressive and things like that. Kind of like doing your own thing, leaving other people alone. Um, there's a fair amount of coldness, and so the interactions are not the same. Um, we can see that. I mean, even through what happened with COVID and everything, people, people keeping their distance, you know, not talking a lot. Um, and Pisces, on the other hand, is, is pretty pretty emotional, sensitive age, and so you would not really find that in Pisces. During Pisces, people are getting out, you know, um, interacting with each other, uh, talking about you know, emotions and sensitive topics and stuff like that. Aquarius people kind of, kind of stay their own way for the most part. So um, Aquarius is, part of Aquarius has to do with that. However, it's also um, tends to be a cold sign, uh, limited movement, limited expression, uh, mechanized, which means uh, in some ways somewhat artificial, which is all this AI, artificial intelligence and this uh, mechanization machinery and stuff like that. That mm. part of it is kind of the opposite of the golden age part. But it's also how you look at it. You know, each age is, is here for a purpose and it does specific things. But um, the best example, the best illustration is if you look at the yin-yang symbol uh, from Asia, of course, I think most people are familiar with that, uh, the white and black. And you have a large part, part of it is white, large part of it is black. And then inside, of course, each of those is a tiny little circle that features the opposite color. So what I would say and how I feel about it personally is that uh, we are in the, I guess you could say the black portion of the yin yang. However, that little white dot for the people who are ready and for the people who are really stepping up, it is actually the golden age. So you're right about that, but it's not for, I would say it's not for the masses, the golden age. It's actually a very, very difficult kind of artificial time. Things are becoming less, less biological, less human, all that stuff. But uh, it is available, Chris. And in fact, in every sign, the golden age is, well, I may golden age, but in every sign, no matter which side of the zodiac you're on, there is always going to be a contingent of people who are excelling, even if it's a, you know, a difficult sign otherwise.
0: That makes sense. Now, at the highest levels, do you think that there are major events uh, that are planned based on astrology? And I'll, I'll use COVID as an example. I mean, um, many believe that there's asp- many uh, uh, high levels of aspects of this that were indeed planned. Uh, and I do believe that at the highest levels, these individuals plan based on the stars at times. And I want to get your thoughts on that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, It's really many level. So it's in fact, it's too many levels to even really comprehend. Um, I try to do my best to integrate everything. But as an example of what you just said, well, actually, let me say this first. Uh, There's this phrase that people have said that um, millionaires don't use astrology, but billionaires do.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm sure you probably heard that one. And uh, people might not be like, oh, yeah, I'm using astrology and like, you know, maybe they're a conservative person or whatever, but hey, if it comes to money and you're making huge amounts of money, then I doubt they care how they're getting it. A lot of people, they just they just want to bring that in. So they might not be uh, talking about it, but I'm sure they're using it. The people who are, who are very wealthy, I'm sure a lot of them are using it. Um, because it tells you about, you know, what to expect, what kind of energies will help you or hinder you based on what's happening in the sky at the time. You're trying to plan an, an event or something like that. But I mean, honestly, Chris, is, a, is a, it's actually a perfect example because, of as course, as I was watching when COVID started, and I watched when it uh, theoretically kind of ended. It's not—I guess it's not ended, you know. But yeah, pretty, it's pretty weird. Uh, I've been traveling across the country for the past uh, three months now, and um, I'm actually almost at the end of my research trip. But every state is like has very different feelings about it, and it's kind of weird because I'll just walk into a store or shop or something. And it's like uh, masks encouraged. I'm like, wait a minute, every state that I just went through, no one said anything. And then suddenly I'm in a different state and suddenly people like want to wear masks again. I have no, no idea what's going on with that. You know, it feels like a very personal choice in terms of how you're going to deal with it at this point. So when it got kicked off, um, it was actually in, in terms of in the United States, let me put it that way. When it get kicked off uh, in the United States, it was actually the spring equinox of 2020. Within a, literally like a few days, the headlines exploded, and everything is like, "Oh, we don't know what's happening. This is scary. All this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's the spring equinox. Of course, it was on time." Now, whether that's a and that's a power day, Chris. One of the four most powerful days of the year. Of course, the two equinoxes and the two solstices. So, whether or not someone specifically planned that. Or whether it was part of the, uh, say, the foreordained timeline for the planet. Now, when you're starting to talk about timelines, it's it's even harder to uh, try to figure out where you are in that. But yeah, it's possible someone or a group of people actually planned it to happen on that day. It's also possible that the creators of the Earth timeline planned before they created the Earth for that to happen on that day, or it could be a combination. Mm. So. Either way, we should see that yes, it did happen at a very, very specific time. It really helped it to transition to get things kicked off. And then here's the other part, Chris, is that in 2022, when it kind of soft ended or whatever, and I, I know this because I was watching. I remember the headlines even in Canada, they were saying um, basically like, "Oh yeah, we're, we're ready to open up um, for the for the summer and everything like that." And I think it was. I need to actually look back. It was either the summer solstice or the fall equinox. Um, No, no, wait a minute, excuse me. I think it was actually the spring equinox again of 2022 when they announced or they said we're about ready to reopen again. And then, you know, it's like basically what I remember deducing from this, I should look back again, but that I'm pretty sure it was exactly two years from when it started to when it kind of soft ended. And we also know now this gets even weirder because we also know about the Spanish flu.
0: Yeah.
1: That was like roughly exactly two years as well. And it was like almost exactly hundred years apart from COVID. So what is going, you know, what is going on? This is ridiculous. This is not a random event at all. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, it's either been planned at high levels of, of people who maybe have ulterior motives from the rest of the population or, it's planned by um, you know extraterrestrial intelligence either way we definitely need to see that there's a connection that's i think the
0: could it be step. that it's just like cyclical energies that kind of loop through uh, existence uh, and manifest through different events
1: oh totally yeah yeah i mean it's and of course it's all it's really all cyclical at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of trying to figure out where we're at. I think that's on us to try to do a good job with that. And, of course, that's what it, really what I do is I'm trying to tie everything together um, using all of the tools I have. You know, I my first training was in biology. And then, of course, I picked up astrology later on and uh, natural medicine. And if you can look at everything next to each other, and, of course, all the spiritual traditions of the world, that's a huge component of this, then you can kind of start to piece things together and feel like you're getting pretty close. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative for your show, Chris, and for a lot of my other friends who have podcasts and everything, because I actually get a lot of my, um, you know, alternative news from YouTube, you know, from specific networks and things. And, oh, I'm, thankful yeah. yes, Yo, yeah, and I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful, And I'm thankful for you guys compiling it because while you're doing that, I'm trying to do, um, I'm trying to teach astrology properly. You know, that's essentially right. really my, my first uh, focus and also natural medicine and principles of Ayurvedic medicine. So I can only do so much, obviously. So I'm so thankful you guys got it covered, you know, and I'm happy to come on shows and talk about it.
0: Yeah, man, and thank you for doing what you do. And, you know, we can do the the same things that these, uh, you know, elite people are doing at high levels for evil we can do for good we can plan our whole lives based on astrology uh if we're looking for uh highly desired outcomes or uh things that would benefit us right
1: oh yeah totally and actually um you know you there's there's well there's actually not a limit to how many ways you can do it but when you're talking about like uh the daily transits transits which essentially is what's happening on any specific day of the year, you know, trying to plan things based on that. That's one, again, that's one level, the other level. And what I encourage, what I encourage people to actually focus more on um, instead of not instead of the horoscopes, but in addition to the daily horoscope is actually pay attention to your birth chart a lot because your birth chart, you carry that uh, set of planets and set of stars. It's, it's uh, copied into your body and into your mental structure when you're born. You carry that with you wherever you go, no matter which day it is, and that's actually the first. Generally, I would say this as the first point of influence in terms of: Are you going to be more successful? Are you going to be up against some kind of obstacle on a certain day? You know, if you're planning a wedding or something like that, I would look at your chart first, your birth chart first, because this is what's this is amazing, Chris, and I I hope they'll show you this sometime too. But every time, um, depending if you if you've seen a you've seen a um. A horoscope before, right, or like a birth chart. You see, it's like a circle. Yes. Okay. All right. So you got the circle, and then you got the, the planets that are indicated in which sign they're in, and all this stuff. It goes around in a circle, and everything. And then you have the angles, which are called the aspects between uh, the different planets and and uh, features and things like that. So, if you look at that, you can actually uh, tag each planet and each um, aspect and everything like that with an actual day of the year. And every time. Every year, right around that time, you're going to experience the same style or the same characteristic of um, energy. So, for instance, when you go through your square, your square would be uh, roughly 90 days from your birthday, either before or after. Every time, every year, it's unbelievable, man. I've watched it happen many times now for myself. Um, You're going to go through a rocky. It's going to be a really rocky period roughly around that 90 day mark, uh, give or take three days on either side. That's called the orb. And, uh, it's really rocky. It's a lot of friction and tension. And at the same time, you get huge amounts of information, things that you, you needed things that are really helpful to you, but you can't separate them. You have to accept it as a package. So the thing that can really help people the most is to, if you want to really follow astrology and use it to guide your life, which you know, I definitely highly encourage for for a lot of people. It will help you for sure. Um, then pay attention to your natal chart, or your birth chart, and where each planet is. You know which day is equivalent to that day where the planet is, um, and you're going to be seeing those same types of things every single year coming around at the right about the same time. And you will be amazed. You will absolutely be amazed.
0: Right on, man. Uh, now you uh, you offer to teach astrology to to anyone
1: oh yeah absolutely uh and i love i love teaching it's actually my favorite thing to do um basic astrology you know of course there's uh, birth charts and um there's relationship matching which is a really really helpful fascinating one it's actually something that you that people could use i uh, say in, not necessarily in place of but in addition to maybe like a therapy or something you know you go into a therapist they don't know about this stuff I mean, they have no idea. So if I came in and I said, I had a couple in front of me and I said, all right, guys, so let's put, I'm going to put your two charts next to each other and let's see why you have that tension where you do. And I guarantee, guarantee I can find it. And it's usually very, very fast. Um, It's not all, it's not always, it's not always, um, sometimes it's a moral thing. You know, sometimes it's the decisions you're making, but more often than not, it's actually, it's an approach. And the approach, of course, is based on the different signs and how everything's positioned in your chart. So the answers are always in the chart. And so I do also, of course, relationship matching. Uh, The same thing can have business applications in terms of getting your workforce to work well together. And then um, the other one, of course, is uh, natural. Let's say principles of Ayurvedic, or uh, I call it pre-Ayurvedic medicine, which is principles of fasting. Getting your energy up, um, getting your frequency up. Me and actually me and Karen Holton talk about that a lot. And of course, I do a show with Karen called Aliens and Astrology also on the Forbidden Yeah, Not I was News. just about
0: to ask you, man, there's so many yeah. uh, layers to this. We're going to have to have you back on. Uh, but uh, to close out, tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you're doing there.
1: Well, it's, uh, of course, Karen Holton and myself. We're uh, co hosting a new mm-hmm. show called Aliens and Astrology. And, um, it's just, uh, it's kind of, I think what me and Karen always dreamed of. And, um, we met, I guess, uh, last year, maybe at the beginning of last year. And we've been, uh, working together quite a lot. I've been on her show quantum guide show quite a few times. And what we wanted to do is, uh, of course, you know, the astrology part is generally, uh, the part that I represent and the aliens part is generally the part that Karen represents. Um, and so we thought we'd bring them together and, Cover those topics. Try to integrate those topics. But it's also, you know, kind of, kind of what we feel is important at the time, Uh, current events, things like that. We like to. uh, We're going to start actually bringing in guests. Um, The plan, kind of as it stands right now, is we're going to have two shows a month. the The first show is going to be me and Karen talking about uh, different topics. And by all means, you know, please send. uh, If you want to have a topic covered, send it to me or Karen. And um, I think we'll try to get that in because we, uh, you know, we want to, of course, encourage audience participation and and it's for you guys. So we want people involved. And um, then the second one is we're going to have a guest, a featured guest every month. And we're going to, you know, cover topics that interest them or kind of what they do in their career field. But it's kind of like it's kind of like an open discussion. You know, and I'm and I'm uh, I'll speak for myself. I'm I'm interested in everyone's input and opinion. And uh, we're going to figure this out together. It's not going to be one person figuring out world events and stuff like that. It's actually we we really do need everyone. I'm, I'm constantly amazed, Chris, at how many pieces of information come to me from the most unlikely sources. Yeah. And I'm always, always open to listen. And actually, I'd rather listen than talk. Um, because there's just so much you can learn from it.
0: Definitely man now I, since you, you brought up uh, your podcast Aliens and Astrology I want to uh, get your thoughts on aliens or extraterrestrials in general my thoughts and theories and beliefs on what these things are and how they interact with us has changed dramatically from you know whenever I first started doing this show. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what Do you believe that these beings are, and what is their interest or uh, relationship with us?
1: Well, what I would say, and I'm I'm on the same page too, Chris. I it's really developed a lot um, with me through the years. I've had quite a few experiences. I do have quite a few uh, firsthand experiences with both uh, craft. I say more craft, more craft than actual beings, but I have had communication from beings for sure. But I haven't, for instance, seen uh, a a typical alien i've seen Mm -hmm. many many craft many way too many during the day and the nighttime uh all over the united states and in canada so and i'm a very sober-headed person you know i'm a scientist i go about things logically but you know if it's there it's there i think a lot of it is i think a lot of it's actually perception. it's a really really deep topic uh you know quantum physics yeah in terms of what you're viewing or what you're perceiving is based on the individual perception and the individual frequency. So if you're at whichever entity you're talking about, if you're at their frequency or if you're within their uh, frequency band, then they can communicate with you and you can communicate with them. And uh, I also encourage people, if you're getting communication and you don't want it, then, you know, for by all means, tell the universe that and uh, either get into a meditation or say a prayer. It's, it's, it's your, the world's your oyster really. So it's about what you want to create for yourself So what I would say is that just like the concept of the universe, I would say there's literally limitless species of extraterrestrial, uh, infinite, infinite. At the base level, I would say that it's anything that's not from Earth, you know, extraterrestrial, terrestrial means Earth. But there's uh, I also believe that some of the species are native to the Earth. Mm. Some of them live in mountains, some of them live underground, some of them live under the ocean. Uh, some of them, and generally in a different frequency band. So again, you can feel their presence. It might feel weird, but you a lot of times you can't see them. I actually just went through Nevada, um, and there's a town up in northern northeastern Nevada. It's actually, if people are interested, in it, it's it's very interesting. It's called Wells, Wells, Nevada, mm. and um, probably the weirdest energy I felt my entire trip. And you just, you, you kind of like cross a line, like an invisible line, and you start to feel like, wait a minute, there's something weird here. It kind of felt a little bit magnetic. Um, I have friends who say that usually the ET communication comes through like a, a magnetic source a lot of times. So it's like a weird oscillating, the air feels like, like uh, it's like one of those topsy-turvy things. You feel like you're like lilting back and forth. It's a really yeah. weird feeling when you get into this high-level magnetism stuff um so yeah you know some of them again some of them are benevolent some of them are not benevolent um i think some of them i think maybe probably one group actually is responsible for creating our solar system i still not quite sure who the well actually i'll tell you what i think it is related to the um possibly the draco contingent uh, or, or the dragon dragon cult the dragon people whatever you want to call it. I think the dragons actually might've created our earth, not the dragon people, but the actual dragons, um, Uh you know, like the flying serpents, essentially. They have, they're in every mythology, Chris, every
0: single mythology. We'll definitely have to get into some aliens next time for sure. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, Dave, this was great. Let, uh, let the audience know if they were interested in, um, learning about astrology or contacting you give us all your information website social media all the good stuff
1: yeah sure um probably the easiest way if you guys are on facebook just send me a message it's under uh, dave petrella p-e-t-r-e-l-l-a and it's you'll see me up there i mean it's astrology biology spiritual guidance that's what it says at the top uh instagram dave petrella 12 and then, of course, I actually have a YouTube channel, too. Um, I'll be updating that quite a bit starting next week. I'm, I'm really going to about to get back into shows a lot more. Uh, I hope people are enjoying it. And, um, you know, if, if you're interested in the service, obviously let me know. Uh, astrology, um, methods of natural healing, you know, natural health and also spiritual guidance. Or if you just want to send me a message, if you have an idea for a show or you want to make a comment, whatever it is, guys, I just want I want people to, to get to continue to get more involved because we can actually do this together. There's a lot of great people who have come together and
0: I I support all you guys and I I appreciate it. I love it, man. It was great. We're definitely going to be talking again soon. And until next time, everyone have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all all then. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.